Welcome to Unlocking the Truth, a podcast where we discover God's truth for ourselves by studying His Word. Are you looking for ways to improve your Bible study time? Sharpen your skills by taking part in one of our many workshops happening across Canada. Beginning in January, we have workshops at our training center in Brantford, Ontario, including how to study Old Testament history and prophecy on January 12th. You can then use those skills by joining our study program on Daniel Part 1 during the week of February 11 to 15. Be sure to ask us about a special bundle price when you register for both of these workshops at the same time. Has your life been changed by inductive Bible study? Why not invite someone to learn the inductive method in our Teach Me to Study the Bible workshop on January 26th? Looking for a Bible study class? Starting January 22nd, we will be offering a weekly Bible study class through the Book of Hebrews being held at our training center in Brantford, Ontario. Interested in hosting a workshop in your church? Contact our events team today by emailing training at preceptministries.ca and bring the transforming power of God's Word to your community. For more information and to register for any of these workshops or classes, head over to our website at www.preceptministries.ca or call us at 877-234-2030. Well, it's week three of Unlocking the Truth podcast on the Christmas Advent special on this week with Derek Kamink. How are you, Derek? I'm doing well, getting ready for Christmas. Me too. I am uh, very excited that uh, Christmas is coming a lot closer, that uh, we'll have that opportunity for some rest, mm-hmm. um, but not yet. Not yet. No rest as of yet, but uh, I wanted to um, start the podcast by sharing a little prank that my parents pulled on me okay. when I was a teenager, and uh Maybe some of the listeners may not know this. Maybe they've they do know just by hanging out with me. But uh, for about twenty years, I served as a youth pastor mm-hmm. in and a senior pastor in the local church. But every youth pastor has to have one ability, and that ability is to play guitar. Mm-hmm. So when I was uh, seventeen. I started to um, think about the Lord's calling on my life, and I told my parents, Mom and Dad, I need a guitar for Christmas, and I want to take lessons. And uh, they were kind of looking at me like, this is not a normal gift that teenagers want. Mm -hmm. So I asked for this guitar. Christmas morning, I um, opened all the gifts under the tree, and I'm like, there's no pe- there's no guitar, nothing to be found. And then my parents said, hey, why don't you go look in that closet over there? And I went and looked in that closet, and there it was, mm. in the shape of a guitar in a big, giant bag. So I opened the bag, and as I'm unwrapping the bag, I see a soft cover guitar case, and I am overjoyed at the very fact that I am getting this guitar. Mm -hmm. The road to youth ministry is paved (laughs) by the guitar. 
<clears throat> so my dad is like, come on, open it up. Play it. Let's hear you play it. So I'll open this soft cover case. But it's lined with newspaper oh, no. to keep its shape. And down in the bottom is a Fisher-Price toy push-button guitar. <laughs> My joy went to sorrow immediately. Mm -hmm. I was like, this is a funny joke, but not right now. <laughs> <laughs> you are crushing my dreams. Anyway, about two minutes later, the doorbell rings, and I'm like, who in the world is ringing our doorbell at 7 a.m. in the morning? Mm -hmm. So I look out the window, and I'm thinking, there's no way I'm answering this. My Superman, no, <laughs> pajamas. <laughs> anyway, so I open the door and I see um, on the front step is a guitar. And I'm like, my sorrow has returned to joy. Mm -hmm. And isn't it amazing how something like a gift under the tree can create so much joy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I think back about Christmases and joy, um, I don't think a whole lot about the gifts that I received. Not that I never did and they weren't any good. I just don't remember any of them because when I think back of Christmas, when I think back of the times that were filled with joy, there were there were times that we spent with with our family, with our extended family, with our cousins. I can I can remember us laughing. Uh, at just ridiculous things, um, you know, and just remembering the times that we were sharing with with loved ones who have who have passed on, and having those memories, and just thinking about um, the times when we're all together at Christmas. We're staying up late. We're playing games. We're eating food. We're just having a really good time together. <clears throat> and that's what um, when I think of joy at Christmas, that's that's what I think about. Not that. My joy is better than yours, <laughs> but uh, that's what I think about when I think of joy. And now, um, I love to be able to share that with with my own family, with my own kids. Um, you know, if I ask my daughter, um, you know, what her favorite memories are from Christmas, it's it's the times that we're getting to spend with with our family that she really enjoys, and I and I really enjoy that as well. And so when I think about joy at Christmas, that's sort of where. Uh, where my mind goes, the the time spent with family, um, and uh, yeah, just the joy that we get when we're all together enjoying each other's company. You know what's amazing is that there's not a whole lot of joy that leads into the Christmas season. Mm -hmm. We have to fight to find that joy, yeah, because in so many senses, the world has taken this uh Christian holiday, this time of celebration of the birth of Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. and made it so material. Yeah. And uh, for me, um, I have totally transferred to the online uh, avenue of right. shopping because there is so much frustration, so much struggle in, say, making your way out to the malls mm -hmm. and uh, waiting in long lines and uh, the complaining that you might hear from individuals. Um, people all trying to find 
that one um, gift. One of my favorite Christmas movies is the movie Jingle All the Way. Yeah. But Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sinbad, Mm -hmm. it's all about this pursuit of this one toy. Yeah. And everything that goes into it, a non-stop, I'll do everything I possibly can to um, find that joy, mm-hmm. you know, that will come from that one gift. Yeah. Uh, the other movie that I really enjoy at Christmas time, and I don't know if you've seen this one, is Christmas with the Cranks. Oh, yeah. You ever seen that no, movie? No, I've not seen that. You need to watch that movie because <clears throat> it's all about this family that, has become empty nesters Mm. and they want to spend Christmas in Hawaii, but they've got their reputation in the whole town because they won't follow suit with the rest of the community in decorating their house and buying Christmas calendars from the police and all that. But they become the cranky people Mm -hmm. that have no joy. But of course, every Christmas movie in the end, they all have that joy. That's right. They find it somehow. Connection with the family. Yeah. Um, the Gospel Coalition released uh, a blog just a few weeks ago about the formula of Christmas movies mm-hmm. so that you can have that feeling of joy at the very end of that movie yeah. and you can be brought to tears. And, and there actually is a full formula to be right. able to do that. Yeah. But the joy that we want to look at uh, this week has nothing to do with worldly possessions, mm-hmm. nothing to do with uh, a formula put out by Hollywood, yeah. if some of those movies are even made <laughs> in Hollywood, by the Hallmark Channel, yeah. which we don't have in Canada. But no. um, we want to look at Luke. We've been spending a lot of time in the book of Luke, uh, obviously because of... Um, uh, the detail that's found in the Christmas story, mm-hmm. uh, Luke chapter uh, two. And so, uh, Derek, why don't you read through the text that we're going to cover um, today, verses eight to um, 14. Sure. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today, in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. When the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, Let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. So what we've got here is something we've been obviously looking at for the entire time, the basic, you know, biography and history of the birth of Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. Uh, one thing that stands out for me in this text um, is, you know, we, we sometimes tend to focus on the, 
the shepherds. I mean, I've been to Israel and I've uh, stood in the place where they believe that the they called the shepherds lookout, where right. they would have seen uh, the star of David, you know, in in this in the sky. Um, but I love how Luke um, writes in here when he's referring to Jesus, mm -hmm. and he doesn't talk about a baby laying in the manger. He actually says that uh, has been born for you a savior, mm. which is Christ the Lord. Uh, the idea that this is more than just a baby mm -hmm. being born. I remember when Ethan was born, my first son, um, there was such great joy in the fact that when he came into this world and I saw that um, uh, it was a boy mm -hmm. and... and um, I think he looked like me. Yeah, sure, he looked like <laughs> me. But uh, I also remember a moment of panic, too, when, when yeah. the nurses left me alone for a minute with him. Yeah. But just the the smile on my face when I presented that, my, my son, mm -hmm. uh, Ethan, to my in-laws and then to my own parents, yeah. like, this is your grandchild, um, that was great. But here, the, the focus isn't on the fact that this is just a baby, it's focused on the fact by the wording that it is the Savior. Mm -hmm. who, that, who that baby actually is. And that's the good news. The good news isn't that a child has been born. The good news that the angel brings is that this child is the Savior, is Christ the Lord. And that's the, the amazing message of the gospel, and especially about Christmas, is that we shouldn't be uh, getting our joy from anything other than the fact that uh, we have received a Savior from God in His Son, Jesus Christ. And that's what the angels are proclaiming, and that's why they're, what they call it, good news of great joy, which will be for all people, that we have a Savior. And, and that's the truth that we need to get our joy from, not the gifts that we get at Christmas, not even the, the time that we spend with family. Those things aren't bad, but, if, but that shouldn't be our... Uh, our chief source of joy at the in the Christmas season. It's it's very interesting because if we were to fast forward a bit, and we were to think about um, Palm Sunday, mm. and uh, later on in 2019 we'll we'll cover Easter yeah. for a few weeks in our podcast, and so you'll want to join us in that. But when I think of Palm Sunday. I think of a couple things, and, and I'll come back to Palm Sunday again later, but um, Jesus riding into Jerusalem on a donkey and the people singing Hosanna and laying down um, palm branches. Mm -hmm. And the very fact that what these people were expecting was a savior. Yeah. They wanted somebody to save them, but in the way that they wanted to save them was completely different in, in than what the intentions were of God the Father. Mm -hmm. uh, Isaiah chapter 9 verse uh, 6 and 7 says, for a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government uh, will rest on his shoulders. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. Eternal Father and Prince of Peace. There will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and hold it with justice and righteousness. From then and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts 
will accomplish this. What, what these people who were in so much oppression, remember that we've talked about it in the past, this intertestamental period of 400 years of not hearing from the very voice of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything that's happened to them, the punishment that has come upon them for breaking covenant, um, the struggles, and you think about the message of Malachi to the priests who were neglecting the house of the Lord, what they were hoping for was somebody to come and and save them from everything that was going on. But this government that he's talking about is this eternal throne that mm-hmm. one day when he will reign over earth uh, supreme. Yeah. Yeah, and they, that's what they were experiencing. They were experiencing joy at the anticipation of their freedom from their physical oppression. What they were missing was that what Jesus was actually coming to do was to free them from their oppression of sin. And uh, if they had known that, and if they understood that, um, they would have experienced even even greater joy. Um, and for us, because we get to know the whole story, because we get to see who Jesus is and what it was that he accomplished, um, that we should have um, that incredible joy in understanding who he is um, and what he has actually accomplished for us. Yeah, like you're going you're gonna to want to join us as listeners in the new year to really understand the verses of the coming of the Savior. Mm-hmm. I mean, we know it because of the gospel. We, we know it because... We've been learning some of these principles since we've been in Sunday school. Yeah. We can rhyme off John 3.16. We can rhyme off what the gospel is, um, you know, Jesus' death, burial, and, and resurrection. Mm-hmm. But do we really understand the value and the importance of this baby being born in the manger, being called Savior of the world mm-hmm. because of covenant? Yeah. And that's what we're going to cover in the new year is... Uh, 11 podcasts on covenant Mm -hmm. that will help us further understand where Israel was, where we are, and why it's so important that we have a Savior. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so if you haven't decided what class you're going to be leading in the new year, we recommend doing covenant and following along with with the podcast. Yeah, we. I mean, the ultimate desire is for us to fully grasp and understand where we were and where we are mm-hmm. in Christ Jesus. And when we know position, yeah. when we understand position, we have joy. Yeah. And the very fact that we were once, as Ephesians says, we were once children of wrath, destined you know, yeah. for wrath. Yeah. And that verse in Ephesians, but... God, mm-hmm. in his grace and in his mercy, sent Jesus. Yeah. Uh, Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, uh, referring to Mary. She will bear a son, and uh, you call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Mm-hmm. This is so much more than the celebration over a birth of a baby. This is the the savior of the world who won't relieve us from the governmental things that are going on, yeah. but will bring us complete joy in the forgiveness of our 
sins. Yeah, and we need to remember to position ourselves when we're thinking about this Christmas story. Um, you see, because we're on this side of the cross, that's where we begin. Um, but if we put ourselves in, in the context of this story, of a time of, of people who are anticipating salvation, who are reading the Old Testament scriptures and are expecting someone to bring them uh, freedom, um, and then we see it actually happening as we read through the Gospels, it, when we see the, uh, Jesus Christ actually being born, um, that's when we really start to understand what this meant to the Jewish people. Um, and then that's when we can understand really what God has been doing through all of history, leading up to the birth of his son, Jesus Christ. So, you know, Derek, even though we're on this side of the cross, uh, we still see um, people looking for hope and joy mm -hmm. in the, the governmental mindset, yeah. you know, in an individual to come and save them from the oppression that they're in, yeah. whether it be economic or another kind of idea. I think we could look no further than the United States of mm -hmm. America in the last two years. Uh, Donald Trump becomes president. Um, those in favor of Donald Trump uh, look to him as the one who's going to bring them the greatest joy yeah. through all the cuts that he's made and the things that he's doing in the economy. Uh, those on the other side of the uh, spectrum, uh, those who were in favor of Hillary Clinton, I mean, the world has completely collapsed mm -hmm. for them. There is no joy in anything uh, that is being done from a governmental point of view. Mm -hmm. You've got a split country based on the the almost worship mentality yeah. of that individual. Yeah. And uh, when the Israelites were looking for the Messiah, they, they were looking for the same, same type of mm -hmm. saving, you yeah. know, from oppression, from, from difficulties in the economy and in the struggles. But again, we have to point back to uh, putting your hope in an individual in this world yeah. is only going to lead to defeat. Yeah, and it, it doesn't even matter how good the individual is. Um, you know, I, I've, I've preached, I've told congregations that I was pastor of that, um, you know, you can't even put your trust completely in me as your pastor because I am, uh, you know, I am prone to failure, that I am human, that I, I do make mistakes. And so um, that's why it was so easy to get uh, to convince people, to try and convince people anyways, to, to be studying the Bible for themselves so that they could know the truth, not just accept what I have to say. Um, because if you put your hope and your trust in, in a person, uh, you are at some point in your life, you will be disappointed. Um, and that joy that you have placed in them uh, is going to dry up and is, is going to become disappointment and sorrow and disillusionment and, and bitterness because they're never going to be able to give you the kind of joy um, that God is wanting us to have through his son, Jesus Christ. It is through Jesus Christ that we're going to find that mm -hmm. great joy. Acts chapter 5, verse 31. He as in Jesus, is the one whom God exalted to his right hand as prince and savior to grant repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. Mm -hmm. The oppression we're talking about here that is going to bring the greatest joy 
is the freedom that is found in Christ when we know that our sins are as far as the east is to the west mm -hmm. from God. Yeah. He doesn't see that in us anymore. He sees us washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. He sees that we have our hope in Jesus, and therefore he mediates at the right hand of God for us, saying, that one is mine. Mm -hmm. That's where the joy comes. Yeah. And so we have to look at, before we wrap up this podcast this week, how do we find joy in the midst of of these days at Christmas? Mm -hmm. How do we find that joy uh, in the knowledge of our sins being forgiven? And the one uh, passage there in Luke that I wanted to bring us back to as we were looking at um, Luke chapter 2 is how Jesus, um, again, is described in the scriptures. Uh, it says there that uh, for today, the city of David has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Mm -hmm. Do you know, Jesus, when he came to this earth, he did not have a royal birth. Mm -hmm. He had birth in a stable. Uh, I think sometimes our nativity scenes that we have don't do justice for the way that Jesus was born. Yeah. What we don't see is, is actually how humble those circumstances were, how lowly it was uh, for Jesus to be born in this place, in this stable. It's certainly not as, as clean as the nativity scenes try and portray it to be. Do we get it that the Savior of the world mm -hmm. was born in a barn, yeah. and most likely it was a cave you yeah. know, that he was born into, and he was laying in a feeding trough when they came to visit him? Yeah, I'm, I don't know how many, how many people listening to the podcast uh, have spent much time on an actual farm. Uh, I grew up in a farming community, um, spent a lot of time on farms, and, and let me tell you that there is nothing glamorous, there is nothing uh, exalting uh, about farm life. Um, it smells, it's always dirty, and uh, there, is, there is nothing about it that screams royalty. And yet, if Jesus was born in the Hilton, mm -hmm. you know, in the five-star Hilton Hotel um, with, you know, silk cloth and uh, Egyptian sheets yeah. or, or whatever the case. If he had the most royal birth that he had ever had, it still wouldn't have been as good in comparison to what he left. Yeah. And so I think it's so important for us to fully understand the humility of Christ in the fact that he left heaven mm -hmm. and he became flesh on this earth and was probably born in one of the worst places that could be for a king. Yeah. I mean, we wouldn't even want our own children to be born in those sorts of circumstances. Um, you know, we, we hear stories of uh, you know, of women giving birth on the side of the road, and we think, oh, how, how terrible that must have been. 
Um, but in this story of the birth of Christ, it is, it is even lower than that. Uh, it is a position that we wouldn't even want to put ourselves in, and yet Jesus puts himself in it. I think for us to be able to have joy at this time of year, uh, we have to humble ourselves. Mm. We have to um, look to the fact that we have to put others' needs above our own. You know, that can be really hard at Christmas because there are a lot of dynamics going on. And uh, looking to the fact that we need to humble ourselves. Paul talked about that in in the book of Philippians, Philippians chapter 2, therefore, if there's any encouragement in Christ, if there's any consolation of love, any fellowship of the Spirit, any affection and compassion, make my what, Derek? My joy. Complete by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. This is my favorite part here. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not look merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. I mean, this is how we're going to find joy at and, this time of and year. And this is the opposite of how we act at this time of year. Um, you know, what is, what is your list? Give me your, your wish list. Tell me what you want. Uh, you know, and, you know, we, they, our kids send their list to Santa of the things that they want. And, and what we're doing is we're encouraging um, this, this mindset, this attitude of selfishness, of self-serving, of what you're going to do for me, instead of putting ourselves in a position where we are uh, going to help others. And then Paul, what he does in the next verses is he says, you will make me happy if you are in the same mind, if you treat others as you want to be treated. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's not Paul's words. That's Mm -hmm. the commandments of Jesus. It's the second greatest commandment found in the book of Matthew. Then he says, P.S. Follow not my example. Mm-hmm. He says, follow the example of Jesus Christ. And he says, have this attitude in yourselves, which is also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped. But he emptied himself, taking on the form of a bondservant, being made in the likeness of man. Being found in appearance of man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. For this reason also God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, so that the name of Jesus every knee will bow, of those who are heaven on earth and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord uh, to the glory of God the Father." He existed mm-hmm. in the form of God, but he didn't consider himself to be equal with God. And he lowered himself, as Hebrews also tells us, that he became a man. He humbled himself to the point of death. We see that first position of humility in the position in place where he was born. Mm-hmm. This is an amazing portion of scripture. Um, <clears throat> this is one that we've probably heard a lot, and we may not spend a whole lot of uh, time or attention, um, you know, focusing on it. But what we have here is is a very important truth about who Jesus is that that he is he is God. He existed with with God, um, but what he did 
uh, he did for us. He became like us. And I mean, if you go through the book of Hebrews, you, you see over and over again the way that he became like us and why he became like us. Um, but the reason that he did it, he came as a prince and not an earthly prince. He, he was a prince of heaven. Um, and he became not just a human, he didn't become just another another man, um, even if he came as a earthly prince. It's still he still would have humbled himself, but he went even further than that, and he humbled himself to the point where um, where he was a child, the most vulnerable form of humanity, uh, born in a situation that um, certainly didn't go. Uh, it was not in line with. The, the society's ideals of a family and was not born um, into a, a place where you would expect the Prince of Heaven to be born. Uh, and so the, the level of um, humility that Jesus Christ has, uh, we need to really understand uh, how far he lowered himself in order to accomplish uh, what he set out to accomplish. Absolutely. Uh, amazing when I think about that. It just brings joy to my face, the very fact that he humbled himself to the point of death and coming on the cross. This is how we're going to find joy, is we're going to remain humble mm -hmm. over the holidays. We're going to know our position. Uh, first and foremost, First uh, Peter chapter 5, uh, verses 6, it says, Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you at the proper time. In the same way that Jesus humbled himself, as we just saw in the previous passage in Philippians, that God exalted him. That when we are humbled at the proper time, God will uh, exalt and raise us up. Mm -hmm. And so this is the greatest time for us to be able to find joy in our humility. Mm -hmm. Knowing that we're going to be looking out for others, that we're going to step back. And sometimes that takes a moment for us in the practical point of view is just to breathe, mm -hmm. pause, wait before we speak. You know, that's what I find is one valuable tool. And the other is to keep in mind that the purpose of our time at Christmas when we spend time with our family mm -hmm. is to reflect the glory of Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. that our joy is found in the cross. And then when people wonder why we're so happy and so excited and so uh, joyful at Christmas, it's not because what we received under the tree, but it's what we received in that moment of repentance, mm -hmm. the joy of the Holy Spirit. And so uh, I'm praying for you as you head into this Christmas season that you too will find the joy that can only be found in Jesus Christ in the fact that he was uh, our savior, that he took away our sin so that we could be in right standing with God. Mm -hmm. Let's pray together. Father, we do thank you again for this time. We pray that uh, as we uh, look to you for joy this Christmas season, we remember the wonderful work that was done uh, when you sent your son Jesus to this earth, that he was born in a manger for the purpose of saving this world from our sins. Father, we're so thankful for the fact that we are saved, for if we proclaim Jesus Christ and we've repented of our sins, we are in right standing with you, Lord. 
But Father, we also know that this time of season is a difficult season for many, for those who have lost loved ones, for those who have family members who have yet to proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. May this be a time for us to reflect your glory. May us this be a time for us to be bold and courageous to share the joyful message of your son Jesus with others. Father, we pray for fruit in our conversations that people would uh, see something different in us. They would see this smile on our face that doesn't come from material possessions, but only comes from being in the presence of you. So we pray this in your name. Amen. For more information on Precept Ministries Canada, visit us online at www.preceptministries.ca or call us at 877-234-2030.